he's like, no, let me, you know, let me take a look at your deck. He's like, don't play these, play these instead. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, I'm just trying to, to try and figure, figure some things out. You know, I, you know, I like that. He's like, well, fine. Don't, don't take my advice. See, see where you end up at the end of the day. I'm like, dude, relax. Did he really say that? Yeah. He's like, well, you know, fine. If you could play it your way and don't ask me for advice. <laughs> and I was like, dude, relax. Yeah. I didn't ask you to come rebuild my shit for me. All I did was ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's how it always is. You know, they, you give them the opportunity and they will, they will, they'll tell you what's on their mind. You know what I mean? When it's, it, 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 a conversation should be give and take. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, it's not, it, oh man, I, I, it's so hard to explain. In, in, but I know exactly what, what, what those people are and what, the, what I'm talking about. And you see them at the hobby stores. You see them at the comic book stores. And, you know, just GameStop even sometimes, you know, there's always that one guy. And everything is always so black and white. Like, oh, no, that video game, that game sucks. This one, this one's amazing. And, like, there, there's so little discussion as to, you know, why a game that might not be that great, why some people might still like it. Yeah. Or... Or you know, like one of the other times I was there playing in a in a constructed in match, and this guy looks through this deck and he's like, "Well, why would you ever play this card?" I'm like, "I don't know, because I haven't dropped a couple of hundred dollars to upgrade all the best cards, because I just kind of do this casually, and I, you know, I'm not looking to spend a thousand dollars on on magic cards." Yeah. And he's just like, "Well, you're never going to win if you don't play with you know, you need this card and this combo," and I'm like, "All right, dude." I understand that that's better, and I don't have that. So, like, did that end it? Are we not allowed to play anymore if we don't have the best, best shit? I don't right. know. There, there, there's just not a lot of like fluidity in the in the conversations. It's very much like one person just talks a lot, and they override the other person, or you know, or they just disregard. I don't know. It's, it's very weird. Yeah. That's that's for, for right, I I recorded this about halfway through. Um, what we're talking about is nerds, uh, particularly particularly nerds that um, the socially awkward nerds who you can't really hold a conversation to, the ones that walk into GameStop and you're like, oh god, here he comes, you know, here, here comes Lance, yeah, that that was that was our guy. You could see him coming a mile away. He had long pink hair. And you know, he 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 was there to to give his opinion on video games, and, and everybody everybody that worked there were like, "I'm going to the back. I'll see you later." And they leave me alone with him, and I'm like, oh, "Damn it!" Then you, you you know you see them. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Midnight launches are bad at that too. That's why I don't really go to them anymore. The last midnight launch I went to was Destiny, and I felt really out of place because I was. It was me and three other guys who were probably late 20s, early 30s, while everybody else was in their early 20s and teens. And we were like, I wish these kids would shut the fuck up. And we just kind of just stood next to each other and said, man, it's kind of late. I'm normally in bed by now. <laughs> so um, 
But yeah, that's that, that's one of the harder things for me, especially like when you try to find a D and D group like that. It's fun sometimes to try with people you've never played before because sometimes you you get those people who have some great ideas, but at the same time, it's you're going to get the the sticklers, the guys who always want to go by the rules. No, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. You can't do that. That's how. That's what they'll say. Or, 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 you know, <laughs> your character, you, your character can't do this, Alan, because <laughs> you've built it way overpowered and you know it, <laughs> which I was fine with that. So it's, it's just one of those things, you know, it's, you're just going to meet those people who, who want to give their opinion. It, you know, it, it kind of devolves into fanboys, you know. It's, it's like fanboys on the internet who who are always trashing another thing because what they think is right, you know, and you can't change their minds about anything. Yeah, it's even more obviously ingrained in the person's personality to me when it's not, you know, if, if you're talking fanboy and someone says, yeah, I like Nintendo, no, I like Xbox, you know, maybe that's the way the person is in the rest of their life or maybe they just get really fired up about that for some reason, but when you when, when I see it in these sort of like hobby stores, it just seems to be much more pure because they're not debating anything. It's just them coming out of nowhere and doing it. This is weird because you know I mean maybe maybe I guess that they think they're around a bunch of nerds too who won't retaliate. But yeah, or if it's just I don't know if it's just showing off or. You know, if that's just the way they are and like, they don't feel comfortable unless they've said everything that they possibly can think to say. Yeah. <laughs> but it certainly has come up a lot more, you know, again, as I'm down in Memphis and don't really know anybody. So I'm kind of expanding out into some of these places. Yeah. Spending a bit more time there than I otherwise would. That That's, that's another fantastic thing is those hardcore Southern nerds. Who talk? Who talk really geeky, but still they have that that southern thing. They talk like that really bad. I, I'm sure if I got drunk, I would sound really southern, but I wouldn't sound like a you know the southern nerd. You, you got those that are really bad, and they you know oof, man, it's like you have you're a combination of multiple things that are very bad for society. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, I used to I used to laugh at your accent all the time, and I don't even notice it now. Yeah. Well, truth be told, I I do have a southern twang. Uh, I work on it for a couple of reasons. One of them, I do a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, and I really don't want to sound like a hick on on the on the podcast. But when I was a, a kid, um, I had a speech impediment, and I had to take speech classes. And uh, when I the the person who taught the class was from Ohio, I believe. So he didn't have an accent. So I, I learned how to enunciate a little bit better with a northern accent or a, or a neutral accent, I should say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I you, you can take the, you can take the boy out of the trailer park, but you can't take the trailer park out of the boy. So hmm. I just, what you know. Speech impediment if it's not too personal. Um, I, I, I would just say words wrong. It, like the, the perfect example would be instead of me saying three, I would say free. 
And like I was like like probably six, seven years old, still saying this stuff. I mean, I I got made fun of in school because they were like, he's saying free instead of three, and I was just like, and for some reason, my brain was like, this is how you say that, you know. Um, and there was a few other ones like uh, shit. I can't even think of them now. It's been so long. But it was it was weird because like uh, I I would spend like an hour at school, um, with with headphones on, listening to things, and then also the, the with the teacher as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I still have that southern twang. I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. So. Meanwhile, my girl's down here desperately trying to pick up a southern accent. Oh, is she she's trying to pick up one. Yeah. Really? How how awkward is that, I wonder? <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's actually it actually does slip out naturally. I mean, yeah. when, when when you can tell she's sitting there trying to do it, it sounds real goofy. Yeah. But it, I'm surprised it does slip out a little bit because of the people that she hangs out with. You know, she says things the way they say things. Right. And every once in a while, I'm like, "Wow, it's coming. It's on its way." Yeah. It's yeah. It's 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 very funny how 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 we handle that stuff. It's yeah. You, know, you you hang around. So I had a I had a buddy of mine that I I went to school with, um, and I hung out with him a lot, and he had a he had a hardcore lisp, um, and I'm not talking like. Just standard. I mean, it sounded like he was sloshing in his mouth, <laughs> like that. And uh, like I, I, I used to, you know, when we were kids, I used to go over his house and you know sleep over and stuff like that, and I'd hang out with him all day. And I, I noticed I'd start kind of talking like him. <laughs> I'd be like, God, I need to stop this. He's thinking I'm making fun of him or something. You know, it's like, <laughs> see you later, Drew. I'm like, hi, see ya. Oh, I didn't mean to say that like that, but. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things. I, if I, do, you want to hear me really Southern? You get me drunk. If I'm drunk, you, I, that, that really, it comes out then. I guess I'm relaxed, you know. And I just, I turn into Matthew McConaughey then. But yeah. So hey everybody, I've been recording this. We've been talking about nerds and speech impediments, but uh, we are back with uh, another episode of Phoenix Down. This is a uh, thirty-eight point four, uh, and we are finishing up The Witcher, the first Witcher game on uh, on PC, two thousand seven release. Um. A lot of stuff happened in this chapter. Stuff that I actually didn't see coming, to be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, well, we can we can get into that. Um, but yeah, I have I have with me Matt as usual. And uh, yeah, we can just talk about The Witcher. I finished it. Chapter five is pretty short, along with the epilogue. In fact, I'd go as far as to say the epilogue was was longer than the chapter five. Uh, yeah, I would I would have guessed they were about the same. I was going to guess two hours for chapter five and an hour and a half for the epilogue. But yeah, you you go you go to a few more places in chapter five, but it, uh, but the epilogue has a ton of dialogue. Yeah, 
Um, and uh, it's it, it's interesting. So uh, we, because I'm curious of how this 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 deviates, and I have a feeling. I was afraid that all roads lead to one, and I have a very distinct feeling that it is going to lead to one road. Um, yeah, I went with the order, Matt. You went with the Scotel. Yep. Um, so when you go to Vizima, it's in flames. And you are fighting the order, correct? Right. Okay. I, I'm surprised. To, I, I'm curious to see how this differs because to me, there's no other way that could have happened. The order went nuts and was killing all the Scoia'tael, every non-human in sight, burning everything. Just basically went crazy. Hmm. Well, with me, the Scoia'tael have had enough of this human bullshit and are burning the villages and demanding, you know, that we're, we're going to kill all you fuckers, including the order. Now I have been hearing rumors, uh, from, uh, uh, Zoltan telling me that the order is going around just merc- mercilessly killing, you know, just random people. They're not just killing Scoia'tael. They're killing dwarves and, and, and elves just because, um, and one of the quests that I have is I need to check to make sure the order isn't killing innocent people. Um, so Do we a lo- have an estimate on how many people are in the order of the flaming rose and how many Scoia'tael there are, or do you think that differs depending on how you play? <sighs> I killed because- a, I mean, we had an all out fucking war. In in my game, it, I did not think there were very many Scoia'tael. You know, dozens perhaps. Maybe 40, 50, 60. Yeah. But no more than that. Right. So I wouldn't have thought they would have been able to set the entire city of Azima on fire given that there are city guards as well as the Order in there. Right. So to me, when I saw that it was the order that had done that and basically destroyed Vizima. That to me, that made perfect sense. I'm like, there aren't even enough Squatel to do this. So, do you think there are more Squatel in your game? Well, there most certainly would have to be because I don't know how many I killed, but I killed a shitload of them <laughs> because they just kept coming. But before we get into all that, right there, we run into the uh, the king. Uh, and, and the king has has charged us with a few things. One, he wants us to figure out what the hell's going on with the order and uh, the Scoia'tael. Obviously, there's a massive fighting out on the streets. We need to figure out what the hell's going on. Is the order because we we I told the king, hey, the order may be killing people, and I need I need to investigate that. Uh, but at the same time, the um, he is wanting us to help his daughter, um, Ada or Ada. I keep fucking that up. I think it's Ada. Um, because Ada, even though she sold us out to the Scoia'tael, no, not Scoia'tael, the Salamandra, um, something has happened to her. The curse that Geralt lifted years ago is back. 
and it has turned her into the monstrous, almost werewolf-looking. Yeah, somewhere between a hyena and a werewolf. And yeah, a pig. I don't know. It's very weird. What do they call it? Uh, what do they call it? For the life of me, I can't think of it. But yeah, the curse is back. And um, she has turned back into this monster and ran off. And uh, he wants us to break the curse if we can. Now, he, he, he does mention, he says, look, if you can't break the curse, do what you must. But I want I want my daughter to be released from this, whether it be through death or from you lifting the curse. So, um, we need to gather some information. Um, we're still looking for Javed. Um, but at the same time, we need to, there's more pressing matters to deal with. So we talked to Triss. Triss is still pissed at me because I went with Shawnee. Uh, you know, I tell her, Hey, hate to tell you this, but Alvin teleported somewhere and I don't know where. And she is, she is uberly pissed at me. You idiot. You left it with that stupid elf. And now he's gone and we can't find him. We don't know where he is. He could be, he could be dead right now. Yeah, she's pretty okay with me. Doesn't really have any problem. (laughs) So, um, when we go out to investigate what exactly is going on, we're still in a full blown war zone. Talking, you know, everything's on fire. People are looting everywhere. The, you know, the, the order and, and the Scoyotel are, are just killing each other massively in the streets. Um, I run into, uh, the, the woman who was a commander with the order or was one of the lieutenants or whatever. Uh, we met her in chapter four. I can't remember her name to save my life, but, um, I run into her and she is like, uh, so you going to help us push back the Scoyotel? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So, um, we, we go around pushing back the Scoyotel in different areas. Um, I run back into, um, man, I am completely blanking tonight. Jesus Christ. What is the, the order guy, the guy that we can side with? Siegfried. Earlier in the game, Siegfried? Yeah, Siegfried. Yeah, I run back into Siegfried, and uh, he joins up with me. In fact, throughout all of Chapter 5, I have Siegfried with me for the most part. Yeah, same with me, but it was Yavin instead of Siegfried. So you're you're basically just going around with Yavin saying, "Help us push back the uh, the order." Yeah, basically, and we're fighting small little pockets of, you know, four, five, six, seven order knights at a time. Right. You know, every, everything's blocked off with burning debris. Um, when we finally get to um where we essentially need to be for this, this one little quest. Um, unfortunately, uh, the commander, the, 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 the Lieutenant woman that was with me, 
she gets killed. Um, she gets uh, shot uh, by a Scoia'tael uh, hiding. Uh, gets shot with a bow and arrow. Dies. And you know, I get I get a little. I I I I, I will admit that I had sex with her before she died. Um, we we, we had. What's that? Hopefully not as she was dying. No, 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 no. Not no, no. Geralt's not that crazy. But um, was she? Uh, but yeah, she she died, and that's when basically Siegfried took over for her as as my party member, pretty much. Um, and uh, we uh we make it out to the um to the swamp. But it's not the same swamp. What it, I can't even remember what the name of this this area is. But it's uh it's like a it's almost like a flooded area because there's buildings and stuff. Um, where everything kind of washed up. Yeah. Um, and this is where we're hot on the trail of the the monster. Ada. Yeah, Ada. This is it. Striga or Striga? The Striga. There you go. So, um, we go to look for Ada. Um, they say that uh, her her nest or where she sleeps is this uh, old abandoned uh, church. So I um I go to the church. We run into um, Ada's, I guess, butler or keeper. I can't remember what this guy really is. He's kind of like a a a top servant for the king. Yeah, like, he was one of the king's aides. I yeah, think aides or advisors or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's one of the three that you have to talk to, right, at the very beginning of the chapter. Yeah, the big jolly guy. <laughs> the people in this game, you know, it's a funny thing. It's like I, I've had I've fought alongside people who should not be fighters and who should not be alive right now. Yeah, you know, I, I I fought with you know I had this old man helping me out fighting stuff. I had this guy who was obviously out of shape and probably couldn't even lift a sword. You know, it, it's it's so strange. This game is how they handle NPCs. You know, from from the duplicates to to what people actually just look like. Yeah, as a quick aside, I always. You know, I, I don't love the book Timeline by Michael Crichton, mm-hmm. but one of the things I love is that they really go into how strong you really had to be to swing these swords. Like, you didn't look like me and be swinging these big long swords day in and day out. I mean, they really go into even these guys like that went back in time that were like jacked still weren't weren't able to to put on all the armor and carry that armor and and swing the swords day in and day out. And uh, you're right. It, it, it's something that I had never really thought of. And it's something that clearly they have not thought of in this game when they were building the physique of these warriors. Yeah. That's, that's, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's, it's a video game and it's also monsters are in it and stuff like that. So whatever. But, um, so we enter the church um, to see if we can find the Striga. And uh, the guy locks us in. Yeah. Oh, he's down there. Yeah, it's down there. Uh, we'll, we'll be here. It's, it's, ha- have fun, man. 
And we're like, fuck, okay, so I guess we're going to go deeper in this. And um, eventually we do run into the Striga. Uh, what I had to do was, since I entered the church during the day. Yep, same thing. I had me. to I had to fucking rest. I scoured this fucking place. Couldn't find shit. I found a I found a uh, a journal, basically detailing who put the curse on her. Again, the second time. Um, but it was I was like, what? What's going on? So I rested because I couldn't leave. So I rested yeah. until night, and then oh, there it is. It appeared. It's Must also a little strange because the game clearly doesn't expect you to be in there until the night. Yeah. Is so I did the same thing you did. I was in there. I found the journal. I explored that entire area. Then I rested. Then I fought her. Then it's like, oh, you should go check the sarcophagus for, you know, a piece of evidence. I'm like, I already had that piece of evidence. Yeah. Long before I fought. I could have left here. And I don't know. It was – did not account for the fact that I was in there and had picked it up before I fought her. Well, I mean, it's real simple because if you go by – Monster lore, you know, with even with the Striga, they say the Striga comes out at night and fights things and kills things. Same way with a vampire. What's the easiest way to kill a vampire? Find out where it sleeps, go out there during the day and stab it in the heart. So that was my whole thing was like, okay, let's go during the day, find the Striga while it's sleeping and fucking kill it. Easy peasy. The game says otherwise. Yeah, she has not materialized yet. For yeah, the apparently. <laughs> apparently so. So, this fight with the Striga. It was basically me running around the coffin. <laughs> yep. The entire time. Just waiting for the candles to go out. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. I was trying to kill it. And I, I was like, oh, fuck, I, I like, because it, it gave me no option to like a, another side quest or something of like find ingredients to fix the curse or whatever. I didn't know. So I, I noticed that like these, like something would come off of the Striga, go to the candles and a candle would go out. I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? And then like, and Geralt kept saying to himself, I've only got so much time left. I'm like, well, I got to hurry up and kill this fucking thing. So, so I kept running around because this thing would murder the shit out of me if I didn't, if I didn't keep running around. So let me, let me put it this way. There are two battles left in, in chap, this chapter and the prologue that drove me up a fucking wall. This is one of them because I was attacking the living shit out of this thing. But if it got me, man, I was going to be strung up it, it it would fucking just it, it would just wreck me so i had to keep running around in circles around this coffin while it chased me slash it a couple times and run around again and i was like and it, i was like i'm gonna run out of fucking time and sure enough i ran out of time and i was like god god now i gotta do this fucking shit all over again no she turns into the human form again and oh that the curse the curse is lifted I'm like, what the? F what does this even mean? What did I do to lift the curse? Yeah, that's what I didn't understand. They're like, just wait till morning and the curse will be lifted. I'm like, but doesn't the curse lift every morning? That yeah. doesn't mean the curse is lifted. That just means, you know, it's in remission for 24 hours or until the full moon or, or whatever. 
Exactly. And I honestly have no idea. They never explain it. I was going to say, I'm still confused. I have no idea what, why she's cured, but I'll, I guess Geralt will take the credit for it. Yeah. She didn't do anything, but... And they, the whole time I'm thinking, like, she's evil anyway. She sold me out to the Salamandra. She's working with them. So fucking kill her. You know, I was like, yeah, you killed the monster. You're a monster slayer, you know. She's evil anyway. And just tell the king, I'm sorry, but I couldn't do anything. I had to kill her. That was, that was my whole thing. I was like, okay, we're down for this. We're, we're, this, is, this is what we're doing. And I couldn't kill the fucking thing. And then I was like, oh, I ran out of time. And then, no, oh, she turned into a human. I, problem solved. Okay. So, uh, she, but she tells us, she's like, oh, Salamandra put her up to it. They were, they were going to hurt her. And then she got the bright idea of saying, oh, I can probably take over the kingdom while I'm at it. Hmm. And I was like, whatever. You're, you're conniving. Get out of my face. And so she she left. We go back to Vizima to tell the king. Run into more shit. Um, but before that, we have to go check out this castle. That's in the swamp, or it's a little bit past the swamp, over there toward the coast almost. Yep. And um, this castle, come to find out, is the Salamandra's main base. So we can only guess who's hanging out in the castle. And we already got it. What's that now? So we already got his buddy. It's time to take this take this guy out finally. Yeah. Azar Javed. We're coming for you. Um and during this time we're running into things that are not monsters. They are monsters, but they're they're not traditional monsters. Uh they are mutated people uh that um has obviously had some type of alchemy done to them. Um, and uh, we we're sure that Azar Javed is behind it. So um, we go to the castle, but before we make it to the castle, we we get confronted by uh, another person. I, or at least I did. Uh, I run into um, Dewitt. Do you run into Dewitt? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, DeWitt, if anybody remembers, was kind of like, uh, he was, he worked for the order. Um, but at the same time, he was also part of the, um, the, the guards that guarded the princess. Well, our evidence that we got from the sarcophagus basically pinpoints him as the one who put the curse back on Ada. So this guy's a douchebag. And then he, he he just straight up admits to us, yeah, I've been working with the Salamandra. You know, they promised me, they promised me, uh, you know, all, you know, riches and fame and, and they're going to give me part of the country and shit like that. And I was like, yeah, it's time to die. Huh. So I killed him and his, his order. And that's where they were getting the whole, their, they're killing and kidnapping healthy, uh, innocent, uh, 
uh, dwarves, non-humans, dwarves and, um, and, and elves. And what they were doing was they were taking it up to the castle to turn them into mutants, these mutated creatures. So that way, uh, Salamander would have their own army again, since Geralt's pretty much killed them all. So we make it up to the castle, um, and I, I will mention that I ran into a, a person. I don't know if you did in your game, but uh, Osir Javed is there on the outside of the of the castle, and um, he has uh, the the lieutenant, the order lieutenant that got killed by the uh, the sniper. Uh, he has her there. Oh and- yeah. Yep, in that little village part. Yeah, and he has turned her into a undead mutant. Now, who was it in your game? I thought it was the same lady. And I think what happened is when we, you know, she was shot right outside of the hospital. But it it was, I think that was a point when there was a couple of Squatel who shot her and then just kind of like walked out and greeted us and like joined up with us. Right. So then this was still the same chick. Okay. Just dead this time. Yeah. This, this was the same chick with me, but she had a lot more to say saying that, um, you got me killed and, uh, said we had, you know, we had that moment together. And I was like, I'm sorry, but you need to die. Again. So I killed her. Javed teleports away like he always does. This dude knows how to teleport. Um, make it up to the castle. And um, time to go in. Castle wasn't very long, but there was a lot of fights in there that kind of got on my nerves. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I would say in the last third of the game, I was much, much better at the combat. Yeah. And I had found a lot more of the runes. And I had basically about halfway through the game, I really started to use the alchemy more. Yeah. So this whole last third of the game, there was a lot of fights. I was just mowing through people. Shit. I mean, you know, not, not as an example of how good I was, I mean, I was playing it on easy. Right. But yeah, I was, I was just ripping through these guys. I never lowered the difficulty throughout the entire game. So I played on normal the entire game and holy shit. So, uh, the first mini boss that we fight is another one of those spider mantis looking things that, uh, Javed had at the very beginning of the game. Yep. Uh, we fight that. I didn't have any problem with that one. So I mean, we fight that. Then we run off. Go deeper into the castle. The next fight is where I had some trouble. It's against these two gigantic mutated looking yeah. Templar guys. Those were the only guys I had a little trouble with too. But not that, not that I died. But I just had to run away from them and wait for my my health to recharge. Right. Like a lot. I spent half that fight just waiting for my health to come back. 
Yeah, that, that like I I ran into this fight and I was like, fuck, I I don't really know how to even handle this. So I went back and did some alchemy. Uh, obviously, I made a swallow, drank it, and then um, see the problem is is that if you drink too many potions, you become toxic or you you, you have you have too much toxicity. I don't exactly know what happens when it fills up. I know that the screen starts turning red and you start hearing your heartbeat like whenever you're about to die. Like when you've had one too many four locos? Yeah, when yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what he's drinking is four locos and those the different flavors. <laughs> Ugh, fucking four locos nasty. Um so uh, it, it it's I, I like I, I'm limited on how many potions I can drink, but I need numerous ones. So I put Hangman's Venom on my sword, and at, at this point too, I should mention the mutants. Do I use Silver Sword or do I use Steel Sword on them? Because I can't fucking tell. It used to be people. I I was using the the Witcher's sword. Yeah. And I, I thought that I had figured out that one was better by doing just a bunch of heavy attacks and comparing the, the damage outputs. Right. See, I've had, I had I had so many fucking modifiers on both my swords, I couldn't tell what was doing what. Because <laughs> I had Hangman's Venom on both swords. I had uh, the Meteorite Sword, which did extra bleeding damage and critical hit damage. And then my, my Witcher Sword had all these different types of buffs on it, man. I, I fucking, I hardcore RPG this game toward the end. I had to, you know, I was upgrading shit and putting all these different stats on my weapons and stuff, because if I didn't, I was screwed. You know, I, I had hangman's venom. So when I fought these two assholes, I had hangman's venom on my sword. So that added poison. Uh, my sword did bleeding damage to them. So the numbers are just flying off these dudes. Um, I drank a swallow, so I would have health regeneration. And eventually I had, because I, I died so many times here, eventually I had to drink a blizzard, which basically slows down time for everybody but Geralt, which means he can dodge and parry practically everything. It only lasts for eight minutes in game, or eight minutes in real lifetime in the game. And that's about three minutes of gameplay. So I had to kill these fuckers fast before that blizzard ran out. Otherwise, I'm screwed. <laughs> um, and then when you kill those guys, Javet appears immediately and is like, "You, you idiot! You know you don't get it. I've won." You don't matter. In fact, a couple seconds, you won't even be matter if anybody gets that joke. Um, but he, he, he's, he's pissed, but at the same time, he's like, you know what? We're going to end this right now. So it's time for the big boss fight. We're going to take out Ozzer Javed. When that fight started, I was dead within 15 seconds. Oh, wow. I, it, there was no contest. He hit me and stun locked me, like hit me three, you know, one, two, three. Then he hit me again and knocked my ass down and then threw out a fucking lightning bolt and I was dead. And I said, well, 
this is going to be a challenge. <laughs> um, so I load, uh, I load my last checkpoint and it's right before the two guys that I fight. Oh no. So I have to do two fights back to back perfectly in order to beat this. Holy shit. I swear to God, I, I fought those two guys and then Azar Javed at least seven times before I finally did it. So I had to double up on potions. I also had the uh, the potions that I can't remember the name of them, but they were the ones where if you drank them, it instantly restored health. And oh, so, I had a bunch of those. Yeah, I made like six of those and I used those for my quick slot, you know, on his belt. Um, so, so I, I would constantly use those when, so I had to have blizzard on, uh, I put down my, the sign, the, the, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's the sign that put, that has the traps come up out of the ground. Is it the, the YRD one? The year, year, yeah, that's it. I used that one. I, in fact, I used that one throughout pretty much all of this game when I unlocked it because that thing is really, really good. If somebody steps on my sign now, because I leveled that sucker up all the way, all every silver point was in that. And when somebody walked over that trap, they were going to get knocked back, guaranteed. Yeah, he used it a lot in this fight against Azar Javed. Yeah, so I... I put the sign down. Anytime he'd step on that, it hurt him a little bit and caused bleeding. And, and I, then I'd poison him with my sword. I had Blizzard on, so he really couldn't hit me. Uh, but he still hit me a few times and knocked me down. And, man, you get knocked down this game, it takes a long time to get back up. Um, yeah. I also got stunned a lot in the last, you know, last 10% of this game. Yeah. Just certain enemies would hit me, and I would just stand there while they're pounding on me. So... I when I beat Azar Javed, I um I was in my toxicity level was all the way up, and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. It sounds like he's about to die. I don't. I kept looking at my health. My health wasn't going down or anything like that. I'm like, I need to like find a fucking fireplace to rest at quick. Uh, but I did kill him, and then we get a cutscene. Of um, he gets a a mirror phone call, which which I'm surprised there hasn't been a whole lot about that since since uh, we discovered who was talking to Triss. I thought there would be a bit more conversation through the mirrors. Do we ever find out who is talking to Triss? Uh, I thought so. When we went over to that house and we discovered, like, we were talking to him and then discovered that he was, I don't know, a guy from a different country. No, that was the guy who was talking to the Salamandra guys. Who was talking to Tristan? I don't think we ever found out. Or if we did, I don't remember it. Because that was the whole, like, that was the intro to whatever chapter that was, 3. That was chapter 3. That was the whole intro. You'd figure that would be a decent mystery. Yeah, who the hell are you talking to? And you're talking about me about it. Damn, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know who the fuck that was. Huh. 
Anyway, when we killed Javed, he gets this mirror phone call, and uh, he's like, "What's going on? You, you, are you there?" And we look in the mirror, and look, it is the captain of the order, the Grand Master, right? The Grand Master. The Grand Master of the Order of the Flaming Rose is the one pretty much behind it all. He tasked Azra Javed to do this stuff. And, um, yeah. So now we know who the big bad guy is. And now we go back to Vizima with our counterpart, mine was Siegfried. Still Yavin for me. And uh, we go back to the king. And we tell the king, oh, by the way, your daughter is safe. I didn't kill her. You're welcome. Uh, And the other thing, so I know who's behind Salamandra and all this crap. And so who is it? Uh It's the Grandmaster. And he's like, the order's behind this? And we're like, no, 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 no. And Siegfried's like, no, the order's not behind this. (laughs) He's like, there's a lot of people in the order who are good men. And, you know, I'm with Geralt on this. And I will fight him to the bitter end. But, um... See, for me, it was just the order is behind it, period. Right. And, uh... And Yavin said something like, you know, the Scoia'tael are not, you know, they're not terrorists. You know, they're just trying to survive and basically just saying that it was not, you know, the Scoia'tael aren't bad and the order is behind everything. So, you know, we need some leniency for the, for all the non-humans. Right. So <laughs> at this point, the Scoia'tael doesn't even exist. It seems like they don't even mention them. Uh, the, 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 the only thing that's, that's really mentioned is like, um, we, we, we've, we've taken care of the order. The ones who are, who are good, uh, remain and are going to try to bring order to the place. But there, there were a lot of sacrifices. So we're going to go confront the grand master and uh, me, me and Siegfried. Along the way, unfortunately, Siegfried gets, uh, gets injured, um, and he can't fight. So he is going to go back and try to get some more order guys while Geralt goes into the, 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 the quarters or the, 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 the order of the flaming roses base where, where the, um, the grandmaster is. Can anybody remember? Do you remember what the grandmaster's name was? they even use it much? I'm pretty sure they did use it. Um, let me look it up real quick. But yeah, uh, but when we make it into the area, he's having a fucking party. Yeah, with with kids and women and, you know, he's looking like an up, upright citizen. Yeah. And he, he's, he's, he's showing Geralt, he says, see, I'm not so bad. And, uh, he wants to take us on a tour. 
wants to tell us why he's really doing the things that he's doing. And to be perfectly honest with you, I really don't know the reasoning behind it, even after he explains it. But let's get into that. I mean, you didn't, it's basically just Game of Thrones? I've made it to halfway between season two of Game of Thrones. Well, all you need is the first five minutes of the first episode. Isn't that basically the Grandmaster's excuse? Is it he's trying? Winter is coming. Uh huh. The entire world is going to be caked in ice, and basically, the only way to survive. That humanity survives this is to move south. And the only way people will move south is if I lead them because I know the future and I need to be strong. I need to get rid of all my opposition so everybody follows me. So I'll take them south so they can survive. Okay. That, that makes sense. But what is he accomplishing by having Salamandra do all this shit and creating mutants and stuff like that. It's a good question. And I have a theory. I think I thought, you know, it was just simply that he wanted the stronger mutants in order to kill off the opposition. This is true, but I have a theory and the guy's name, the, the, the grandmaster's name is Jacques. They Aldersburg. Oh, yeah, they do say that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about what happens when we go to talk to Jacques, the Grandmaster. He wants to take us on a tour, like we said. And he takes us to the future. Literally. He transports us to, I guess, hundreds of years in the future. Yeah, the far-flung future. Yeah. Where Vizima is completely covered in ice. It is a frozen wasteland. And along the way, we see ghosts of people we knew like Shawnee is there and she helps me out with some battles and stuff. And uh, the whole time he's, he's talking to us in very cryptic ways. Uh, and uh, we're fighting these strange cavemen, mutant looking things. Uh, and um, when we make it to the top where he, where we're supposed to meet him. Yeah, that was uh that was quite the image where you're like, oh, I just have to walk up this little mountain and, and, and I'll fight him. And then they do that incredibly long zoom. So <laughs> what, what was going to be a 10-foot walk ended up being like a mile hike through the ice. Yeah, going up mountains and shit. So, um, But when we make it to the top, Jacques explains exactly what's going on. This is not, this is not a... a a hallucination. This is not a bullshit vision. This is the future. This will happen. And the only way 
to survive is if I move most of civilization south. That way we can avoid the frozen winter. Um, I'm doing this to save humanity. Um, and I don't know if Geralt believes him or if he's just, you know what? You're doing it in all the fucking wrong ways. So I'm going to kill you anyway. Yeah, that's what my Geralt said, but I don't know that that's the way I actually felt. Okay. You know, there were a couple of times where there were options, um, and I just didn't like Grandmaster, so I was ready to kill him. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure that he's wrong, or that I should have killed him. Right. So, we fight him, obviously. Um... This fight was not difficult. Azur Javed was the hardest fight in the entire game for me. Yeah, I think so too. For me, it was just the most, uh, at least most annoying. Yeah. Probably the hardest. The, Azur Javed was the most involved because there was so many things that he could do to me to where I was just like, okay, I can't let him hit me at all. Um, this fight was pretty simple. Um, he is a, obviously a grand master wizard. Um, and you know he can he can do he can summon things to attack us and you know just shoot lightning out of his hands and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff you have to deal with, but he wasn't that difficult. And um, when we beat him, an old friend of ours shows up, uh, which come to find out is is something that we've been hearing about for a while. But this spectral skeleton looking thing shows up and it's that guy from the first chapter that we ran into telling us about our destiny and you can't run away from destiny and I've already killed you once I'll do it again and come to find out this spectral ghost thing is the king of the wild hunt now I'm not an idiot. I pay attention to video games. I know that The Witcher 3 is called Wild Hunt. Meaning, I have a feeling we're going to run into this guy again. But yep. he, he goes on telling us about all our decisions and how we were wrong in making them. And we did it all for selfish reasons. I think he's just there to make you feel bad about yourself. Yeah, no matter what you do, it's probably whatever you do is wrong. Yeah. So, because everything that we have done in this game had consequences. So, you know, obviously we can't have it all. So we fight um, the King of the Wild Hunt. Because he's like, you can't escape. You can't escape death. You can't escape your fate. And, you know, you can try. So I, I fought it and beat it. So it, 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 I guess just it, it ran away or something. I don't know what happened. And well, uh, you remember seeing him in chapter four, right? Did you ever see him? The King of the Wild Hunt? Yeah. No. So he was in chapter four out in the field where uh, the two sisters died. Right. There was a section. There was a quest line that brought you over to some 
small little fire pit, and you had to fight the King of the Wild Hunt, but you couldn't damage him. So you had to find a root that you would burn in the fire that would keep him at bay so you could kill enough of the purple ghosts. His minions. His minions to basically free it up so that people could go into the field again. It was just kind of a simple little quest, but you saw him there. and I think he had a few words for us. I never, I never did that quest. So I didn't see him, unfortunately. But I think there he says his name is the King of the Wild Hunt, or that might have been the name of the quest line. And yeah, I had that same thought. I'm like, well, Witcher 3 is Wild Hunt. <laughs> this guy's not going anywhere. Yeah. So um, when we defeat him, he goes off somewhere. Uh, Jacques is still alive. He's wounded. And uh, Geralt goes up to him and uh, pulls out his silver sword and uh, holds it over his head like he's getting ready to stab him. And uh, Jacques says, but that sword's for monsters. And then he stabs him and kills him. No mercy. Yep. Because you are the monster, Jacques. <laughs> when that happens, we get teleported back to the past. Back to present day. And um, Dandelion is there. And he's like, God, we've been waiting on you guys. Or he was he was knocked out basically, so it it may it may have just been a vision, because maybe because Triss didn't was not you know friendly with you. Uh-huh. She came over to me when I was in the vision and told me all about what was actually happening. Oh, okay. What happened? This is all happening in his mind. It is the future, but it's a vision of the actual future. And it's also dangerous if you die in here, you die in real life. Right. But she told me straight out, you haven't actually gone to the future. You're in his mind, the Grandmaster's mind. Right. So the, when 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 I show up uh, or come back to the present or whatever, um, the uh, dandelion's there and he's like, it's about time you woke up. So apparently me and him have just been asleep the entire time in the courtyard while this was going on. But I still killed him. Basically, I guess I still killed him in my dream. So uh, when I search his body, uh, Geralt finds a medallion. And Dandelion says, what's that? Said it's a, it's a warding medallion. It's a lot like the one I gave um, Alvin. Except this one's really, really old. And that's all it said. Yep. So, here we go. Here's my theory. And I'm pretty sure it's the truth. (laughs) Jacques is Alvin from the past. What is this? That's the first thing that came to mind. Was that he he became the villain? Um. So when Alvin got scared during the big Scoia'tael order fight and teleported, 
he didn't just teleport to a different place. He teleported to a different time. In the past. Using the knowledge that he knew of what was going to happen. He set up the events. That took place in this game. To make sure. That he became the person who he was. So. He orchestrated. All of this stuff. To happen. He orchestrated. Salamandra. And. Azar Javed. Just to make sure. That he would be scared. During that time. And teleport himself to the past. At the same time. You remember we were constantly getting these little quests that were basically us telling Alvin something. You know, don't be a witcher. It's bad. Or, right. or you know, who, who, who is the Scoyotel? Scoyotel are people who are really fighting for their freedom. You know, always remember that, you know, and stuff like that. And he fixated himself on the teachings of Geralt. And basically lived his life that way. But in a twisted, fucked up way. Because he has these visions of the future. And he wanted to make sure that the future was future proof. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. And that's my theory. And to me it makes pretty much sense. Yeah. Is that what you think? Honestly, I hadn't even thought about Alvin being the Grandmaster, but they never did say where he went, did they? No. We never see Alvin again. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I that, that seems good to me. You did. You didn't. You didn't even think about that. I mean, it no. was to me. I, I thought it was fucking obvious. You know, the, immediately when when uh, Geralt said it's, it looks like the exact same medallion I gave Alvin, except this one's a lot older. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so that's Alvin. <laughs> and then I started putting the pieces together. I'm like, okay, well, Alvin went back in time, used the teachings of Geralt to basically say you need to save humanity. And then made sure everything that led up to him existing happened in his childhood. Yeah, that's a perfect, you know, I'm going to blame distractedness for not thinking about that because it makes perfect sense. Right. So that, that, I mean, and and where's Alvin? This game didn't tie anything up. Fuck this game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, we we met Alvin all along. We met Alvin as a child and at Alvin as dead. And we killed him. But yeah, I mean, and, and for those of you listening at home, you, as Matt said, what is this, Infamous? Because that is exactly what happens in Infamous. Spoiler alert for Infamous. I think the statute of limitations might be up on the first one. It's got to be. And that was fucking brilliant because I yeah. I had never seen anything like that before. 
that was a weirdly good game that was never ever great and was just very solid i thought i fucking loved infamous 1 i i i i loved the the setting i loved the way it played and that ending blew me away the yeah, mere that f- ending really and it it made it's one of the things not we we mentioned infamous before in the series because that was one of the first few games that made choices and made you make choices that did not have a right answer you know and instead of Cole McGrath being this overly good superman superhero you know a fight for justice in the American way guy or be this uber evil villain. They made you a comograph who put his life first or put the lives of others first. And it's not necessarily good and evil. You know, I mean, the, the perfect example was one of the choices was that the main villain of the game had tied up a bunch of doctors to a building and he was going to drop them to their death. But on another building, he had Cole's girlfriend and said, you got to choose one. Are you going to choose your girlfriend or are you going to choose multiple doctors who could save a bunch of people's lives during this crisis. There is not a good, bad choice there. But there's consequences to that. And it was one of the most beautiful fucking things I loved about Infamous. Because I played, quote-unquote, the bad guy. I didn't want to go... I didn't look at it as a bad guy. I was looking at it of like, what would Cole choose? To me, Cole McGrath is a selfish person that, that that that's how I played those games. And that in my eyes, that's how Cole McGrath is. But when you go to save your girlfriend, so if you, so if you make that decision in infamous, you go to save your girlfriend. When you get to her, he drops the doctors. They all fall to their death. You take off the mask because he has everybody basically hooded. You take off the mask it's not his girlfriend. His girlfriend was actually with the doctors. Fucking brilliant, dude. <laughs> I, I, was, I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. <laughs> and I was like, this, and, and, and the, the, the best thing is, and the punchline, I'm going to fully spoil Infamous. This should be an Infamous podcast. But, but the, full, the best thing about the entire game was the mere fact that that the main villain who was doing all these horrible things to Cole was himself from the future. Yeah, that's such a great ending. And the reason why was because he did it for good reasons. He did all these horrible things basically to himself to make him a better hero, to make him a stronger person because he knew that something bad was coming in the future and he wasn't going to be ready for it. So he went back in time to basically train himself to be a better hero, to remove his wife 
to remove his best friends and to make him self-sacrifice. Infamous is one of the best games to come out of last generation in my book. It was fucking amazing. That ending blew me away. And it was very powerful. And the way they told it was so well done. Yeah, I mean, even if you just say the ending without talking about how it how well done it was, it may come off as sounding cliched. Yeah. Or like, ah, uh, that's not that original. But, it, you know, it's not necessarily the originality of it. It's just how well it was executed. Yeah. So, like, Cole McGrath is like, He's 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 narrating it himself. He's narrating the story. And as he's killing Kessler, which is the villain, Kessler reaches up and grabs a hold of Cole and imprints all of his memories into Cole. And he's 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 talking about this in his mind. And he's saying, I'm seeing all these visions. And he said it's all leading up to this one photo of Kessler marrying Marrying, uh, what was his his girlfriend's name? Was it Tris? Trish. It was Trish. Trish, yeah. Yeah, he's like, marrying Trish with Zeke as his best man, which is his girlfriend and his best friend. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, I reeled back knowing that the man I hated most in my life was me. <laughs> And I was like, whoa, I, was, I, I had to, I had to stop. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh man. I know I just spoiled infamous for everybody, but you need to experience that if you haven't. But yeah, that's the Witcher. <laughs> um, the, the only other thing to talk about is the final cutscene. Which I thought was really good. Fucking fantastic cutscene. I love it. I'm, like that. I want to. I want to watch a fucking movie of this. Yeah. So well done. Um, but the uh, the final cutscene is basically a, a couple of days later, I guess. Um, Geralt is there with the king, and the king pays him his his money for 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 helping deal with every fucking thing. And uh, he's walking out of the out of the hall, out of the uh, the throne room. Got his money with him. He's kind of like cracking a smile. And he notice he notices that there's a uh, a guy to the side with a hood over his over his head. He's acting very strange. And he fucking bolts, just starts running toward the king. And uh, Geralt chases after him, starts fighting him. What I, what I love the most, he takes the gold pouch and throws it right in his face. And like gold's going everywhere. It's, it's, it's like you know, the Witcher doesn't care about fucking gold, you know. And um, the the guy is obviously trying to kill the king. The Witcher cuts off one of his fucking arms. And he's laying over there, stabs him, kills him dead. Him and the king are standing over the body. There's a mask on him. And he removes the mask. He's got the same eyes as Geralt does. This man's a witcher. And the game ends. Yep. And I was like, damn. I am ready for The Witcher (laughs) 2. Because if you know, 
you know, Witcher three wild hunt. (laughs) The Witcher two is called assassin of Kings, which makes me say, well, this second game is probably moments after this just happened. (laughs) So yeah, I am excited to play the Witcher two needless to say. Me too. I mean, I you know I, I enjoyed this game. I don't know that I loved it, but if it ends up filling the niche of Mass Effect One, then I'm perfectly okay with the rough edges that this game had. Right. You know, it's not a new game, and if, if they can improve on this game half as much as Mass Effect Two improved on Mass Effect One, then then I'm excited for Witcher Two. From what I understand, they have improved it tenfold. There's a few... I've heard that there's a few issues with combat. Um, The combat is very difficult in the game. Um, I don't know about an easy setting or anything like that. More than likely, I'll play on normal. Just because, I mean, it's... I played the first one on normal. um, But I, uh, from what I understand, in The Witcher 2, you have to prepare before a battle. You have to. You have to drink potions. You have to use your magic. Um, apparently, you you start off with all your signs already, mm-hmm. and and you have to you have to use those in combat um, in order to succeed. Uh, the only other thing I heard that the the targeting system in The Witcher Two is not the greatest in the world. Like you'll be targeting you you want to hit the guy in front of you, but instead you hit the guy behind him or something like that. So it's um. It's interesting. I I, I want to see how it is. I, I've heard it's more obviously more action based and very timing based as far as the combat goes. Um, but I, I'm ready just to because like watching I, I watched a couple of just gameplay videos of The Witcher Two. That game still looks fucking gorgeous. And I was like, yes, I want to play this. This looks great, you know. And that game came out. What's that? I was going to say, I've seen a fair amount of Witcher 3, but I haven't seen any of The Witcher 2. I, I just, like, today, actually, I just went, it's like, I'm curious about The Witcher 2, because I, I was like, alright, we're going to be talking about The Witcher 1 tonight. I was like, I just want to see just like, just a little a gameplay video. And I watched, like, a, a couple, it was like a couple of fights, and I think one cutscene. Man, it, it still looks great. You know, I, I think it looks fantastic. So, I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. Um, because, Truth be told, The Witcher 1 is pretty rough. Well, it's weird. Like, in still images, I think it looks okay. Yeah. But, yeah, in motion, The Witcher 1 is real rough. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited to play The Witcher 2. Um, the unfortunate thing is, is that that will be after. That will be probably at the end of September. Because starting right now, it is the year of the gear. Which, don't get me wrong, I'm excited to play all these Metal Gears too. So uh, we're going to be coming back next week with uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Excited to play this one. Um, I've only played through it twice. So... Uh, I don't remember everything. I remember the, the the big moments, obviously the boss fights and stuff like that. But 
the 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 small story bits had completely escaped me. I know there's a lot of revolver ocelot in it, which makes yeah. Um, but he's not revolver ocelot to begin with. True. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, there's some there. Now that I'm thinking about, it, there's some crazy shit that happens in Metal Solid Three as far as like what happens to Snake. Um, or he snake and then turns into big boss, obviously. But uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more next week. And I'm 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 ready, man. I'm I've I've already got my I've, I've got Metal Gear Three, or I got the the HD collection sitting in my PS3. It's ready to go. So I'm 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 actually really excited to jump into it probably this weekend. Um. If anything, just to hear that theme song. Yep. <laughs> that is like I, I I've purposely told Jamie not to listen to the theme song. She may have, I don't know. But don't worry, you'll hear it within probably the first thirty minutes of the game. And don't skip it. Cause that is it's a fucking amazing. It's just it's a, such an awesome fucking song. Um but yes, yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much it for us. I mean, Matt, any, any final thoughts on The Witcher? Well, there's, I mean, there's just the comparison to Dragon Age. Yes, I, I, thank you for bringing that back up. Uh, uh, Sean asked us um, now that we have completed uh, The Witcher one and we have played through Dragon Age uh, Origins, um, which one do we prefer? Um, unfortunately, I'm a little biased on this. Because I absolutely love Dragon Age. No, no question about it. I love that world. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the, the world of The Witcher is, is pretty fleshed out in and of itself. But I learned so much more about the world in Dragon Age that I, I fucking I, I love it. That's one of my favorite... It's one of my favorite lores is, is Dragon Age. So... Uh, Dragon, what game plays better, in my opinion? I think Dragon Age. Yeah, I would give the nod to Dragon Age. Yeah, Dragon Age is more of a methodical, um, almost MMO-type game, as far as the gameplay goes. While The Witcher, there is nothing really like The Witcher out there. As as far as gameplay goes, um, that that timing based combat and it kind of still plays out on its own. It's so strange. I've never seen anything like that before. But well, what about you, Matt? Uh, I mean, I The Witcher is an okay game, in my opinion. You know it. It, it started this series as far as the games go. I mean, I know there's a lot more to the lore, which is interesting in its own right, that it was a series of novels and there's a TV show and there's these comics and all of that. You know, some of that was there before the games were made. Um, whereas Dragon Age pretty much started with the game as far as I know and then expanded into books and comics and all that. Yeah. And, you know, I was a bit miffed with Dragon Age from the very beginning because I like the structure of Mass Effect better where you play a character and learn about other characters 
instead of playing a character, missing out on all the other options, and then only meeting the predefined characters that, to me, were not as interesting as the Mass Effect characters. That being said, I still think Dragon Age is a fantastic game, and I mean, to me, it's not it's not even really that close between Dragon Age and The Witcher. The Witcher is a fine game, but the Dragon Dragon Age is is a great game, marred only by technical aspects, which. I mean, this game had it for sure, those as well. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much how I feel. The Witcher is a, is a fine game, but Dragon Age Origins is a pretty fucking fantastic game. Uh, in, in my opinion, I think it's, I think Dragon Age Origins, like, I, I say it with a whole bunch of games, but Dragon Age Origins is one of the best games of last generation. Um, it's it, it's it's well done in, in its story and Bioware has a knack for building worlds and making making and, and like everybody says oh they're really good at making characters they are good at making characters but they're even better at making believable worlds and right. I, and I think to me I I know you're into sci-fi a, a lot more than fantasy I'm a fantasy guy I always have been and to me Dragon Age is such a fleshed out world you know the the, the world of Ferelden fucking it, it like you, th- there's so many things going on there you know you could talk about just like the the religion they have their own freaking religion in it and you know the, all these different factions and different races and who likes who and and who distrusts other people and it's nuts how they how they handle all that stuff and 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 they explain it very well in Dragon Age and in Dragon Age Origins. So I, I think, um, hands down, Origins is 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 my favorite game between the two. Um, and it, but at the same time, I've played three games for Dragon Age, and I've only played one for The Witcher. Right. Um, so, so any of those things that I don't know. For The Witcher, I probably didn't know when I was only one game into Dragon Age, but yeah. all of those apps have been filled in, so it's a much richer world just because I've played more. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, um, and I, I, I distinctly remember when The Witcher 2 came out, people really wanted to compare it to Dragon Age 2 because I believe they came out around the same time. The Witcher Two actually, The Witcher Two is actually four years old now. Wow! Yeah, it came out in two thousand eleven. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for The Witcher. I I, I did enjoy my time. How, how many? Do you know how many hours you put in The Witcher? Uh, yes, thirty eight. Thirty eight. I put thirty one in. Um, did you ever get a gold um, uh, trait, a gold skill point? No, I definitely did not get one. I think I ended the game at level 29, and I, I read somewhere that 30 is where you get your first one. I, I did too. I ended the game without ever getting one gold trait, which may be one of the fucking reasons why the game was so hard at the end for me. So I, I was just like, man, when am I going to get these gold tiers? Because I was like, I'm, I'm, I, I, now that I level up, I have nothing to put points into. I was like, I'm not going to use these fucking signs. I, who gives a shit about force push? You know, I'm not going to use that sign that shields me. 
five. Fuck that. I mean, you know, I, the only sign I used was the trap one. Maybe the fire one every once in a while. Yeah, I used fire quite a bit because it gave me a little breathing room. Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, maybe maybe we played this game wrong. Who knows? But yeah, that's it. That's it for The Witcher. If you'd like to um, um, comment on The Witcher or talk about Metal Gear Solid 3, because that's what's coming up next. Uh, I know a lot of people out there love the Metal Gear series, so uh, send us some emails. I'd love to read them. We'll read them on the show. Uh, you can send me an email. It's drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at R-E-M-G-S. And you can follow the podcast itself. It is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. I post all the new episodes there so you can check them out. And, um, yeah, um, get get in contact with us. I, I want to hear thoughts on not only The Witcher but also on Metal Gear because uh, Metal Gear 3 – uh, apparently a lot of people don't like Metal Gear 3. That, that's what I heard on Twitter a bunch. Was, well, those people are crazy. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking too. Then again, we may go back and play this and it's like, man, I don't really like this game. I doubt it's it. True. It's been a long time though since I played it. Yeah, the last time, the, the last time I played Metal Gear Solid 3 was, was the day Metal Gear Solid 4 came out. So that was in 2008. Um, because I did the whole marathon of all the games before playing 4. So, um, that was the last time I ever played this game. Um, I, I take that back. I, I take that back because I, I, although I did not finish it, um, I did play and review, uh, the 3DS version of Snake Eater. Oh, that's right. There was a 3D version of Snake Eater that I played on the 3DS, um, I got probably about f- four hours into it and said, yes, this is Metal Gear Solid 3. And I basically just judged it on how well it did its 3D and how well it controlled. Didn't control very well. It's going to be, going to be completely honest with you. Um, you, that Circle Pad Pro was kind of needed for that. Um, but yeah, um, that's pretty much it for us. Uh, I do appreciate everybody listening. Um, but yeah, get a hold of us. I, I, I want some emails. I want some emails on, uh, on at least Metal Gear Solid 3. I know people love this series. Tell us about it. Tell me what what you were doing when you played Metal Gear Solid 3. You know, Give us your history with the game, what you thought of it and stuff like that. So uh, definitely do that. But we will be back next week. Um, uh, I, hopefully we'll be back next week. I, I'm, I'm sure we will be. I'm... I'm, I'm Ninety percent sure we will, but if something does come up, you know it does. But until then, I am Drew, and I'm Matt, and we are out of here. You guys have a great week, and we'll catch you next week when we go through the rain and feed on a tree frog in the Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. <laughs>